0: Today I'm going to speak about the Holy Spirit and you. So we're going to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But before, we're going to start with the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, so this book is probably the most unusual and and probably the most difficult to understand books of the Bible. It is quite philosophical, but it makes you think and reflect about life. And I like that. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verses 1, we read, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king of Jerusalem. So the preacher calls himself the son of David, king of Jerusalem. So we can safely say that the writer of this book is who? King Solomon. All right. And so he starts by saying in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It sounds like the writer is not in a very good mood, (laughs) in my opinion. And so, but in fact, the word vanity here, you you need to understand so it makes sense to you. The word vanity here, in this context, it means something that vanishes. Vanishes. It disappears. You go and get it, and it's not there. It's worthless. It's empty. And so Solomon continues in verse 3. I have a bit of reading to do. I need my glasses now. Okay. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north. The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labor. Men cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. So we need to understand that the writings, these writings were inspired by God. And so there is always something that you can learn from any book of the Bible, always. This book of Ecclesiastes deals with mankind's search for the meaning of life. And Ecclesiastes presents us with a naturalistic view of life through human eyes. I believe that most people in our world can identify with what Solomon wrote. Do you understand what I mean? We identify what's going on. Are we going around in circles? What's the meaning of all this? What's the meaning of life? And so Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes right at the end of his life. So he was looking back at his life and reflecting and pondering about his own life. Now, a quick background on King Solomon. He was a very rich king. He had everything that you can imagine. He was, and according to his own words, he tried many different plans and strategies in search of his life's meaning and significance. In chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes, he details, he, he describes in great detail what he had done to find meaning for his life. And so you can look at that in chapter 2 at home if you want, but I'll just summarize it for you because it's easier. So Solomon pleasured himself in all sorts of ways. He tried cheering himself with wine. He built houses and planted vineyards. He made parks and planted all kinds of trees. He bought male and female servants. He had, just, he had the most number of flocks. He acquired male and female singers. And just a side note, Solomon also had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which I do not recommend. <laughs> to me, that sounds like a suicidal mission. But okay, yeah, I do not recommend. Maybe that's why he was so grumpy at the end of his life. (laughs) No comment on that. Now, and in fact, by the way, this is one of the things that the Lord commanded kings not to do, but he disobeyed God. But that's another message for another time. And so um, every pursuit of pleasure... Seem to be worthless to Solomon. He looks back and it's like this was all worthless. He didn't know what more he needed. So I can safely say that what we have been reading and what Solomon describes is what most people actually feel right now in the world, especially people like us who live in very affluent countries. Okay, This describes a bit what the, the sentiment of what, what people feel like. Because people have more than what most of the population of the world can dream of in terms of quality of life, but people are still unhappy. Am I right? Yes. People are still unhappy because, listen, the consumption of alcohol and recreational drugs are at the highest level ever including suicide and, and which is very sad, but people are entertaining themselves to death, literally, in search of happiness and fulfillment. In fact, I want to show you here something because I like to know what's going on. Let's see what pop culture wants to tell us. And uh, we, I have a recent um, issue of this magazine, and it's called The Happiness Issue. Interesting. And the cover is, it says, Secrets of Happiness Experts. And then inside, inside you have an interesting article of a happiness professor. Hmm, <laughs> interesting. Have we come to that, apparently? And then another article, the joy-building tips from experts. Joy experts. Okay, interesting. Pop culture, now science. The new scientists, what are they saying? Well, there's an interesting article uh, saying the surprising simple secret to being happy. And after you read it, uh, uh, okay, give me another one. Maybe it will, it will say something interesting. You know, people are searching for the meaning of life. They're searching for happiness and fulfillment, but you will not find it. You will not find it in in entertainment or, you know, whatever is out there. So after reflecting on his own life, Solomon declared that everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I think this verse is, is beautiful. This is poetry. Ecclesiastes 2 verse 11, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled, And indeed, all was vanity, and grasping for the wind, there was no prophet under the sun. Now, this is not what comes to mind when you think about King Solomon. To be honest with you, when I think about King Solomon, I think of a very rich man, and very respected by other world leaders, and uh, he was a wise king. So this is puzzling, but apparently he had everything But then when he looked back, it was all pointless and meaningless. And so Solomon concludes by saying, Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7, then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. What he's saying is that the things of the earth are only temporary. And life is a cycle that eventually returns to God. So what Solomon came to understand right at the end of his life is that the life lived just in the natural without God and an eternal perspective is emptiness. So it can become like a rat. You just go around. It feels like a hamster in a wheel, busy all the time but never achieving anything important. So we need to remind ourselves not to end up simply living our lives in the natural and this is so important so the main the main theme of this book of ecclesiastes is to make you realize that nothing or no and no one can fulfill you except god who created you he is the one that can fulfill you and so if you want to find yourself if you find yourself stuck in a rut an existential rat like Solomon, first of all, you need to make the decision to get out of it. Remember Pastor Luis's message last week? You have to make that decision. Let me get out of this rat. And so once you've made that decision, God will offer you supernatural help. And that's my first point. Acknowledge the role of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's no other way. So if you're going to be successful in living a meaningful life, one that when you look back you say, wow, that was well lived, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Now God knows that we are not that smart, okay? Don't be all puffed up because you're not that smart, okay? So God prepared help in advance. Jesus said before going to the cross in John 14, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So you and I, we need the help of the Holy Spirit if we want to live our lives with meaning and purpose, where you will find your lane, what is your, where is God's will for your life. And many times, you know, because we've been doing this for more than 30 years, and I, I can say this because I've seen it many times. Many people, they make decisions, major decisions in their lives without consulting the Holy Spirit. It doesn't cross their minds. They just forget about it meaning it can be like a romantic relationship, who you're going to marry, can be a business adventure, can be changing jobs, can be moving to another country, moving to another city. These are all major decisions, and many people, they just look at the natural, what looks good and promising in the natural, but many times it ends up being a trap that will pull them away from God. And I've seen this so many times. It looked great, but it was not that great in the end. You do need the help of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we seek solution for our problems, direction for our lives in all sorts of ways, depending on human wisdom, common sense. But we forget that the Holy Spirit is ready and available to help us anytime. Any time we need to make big decisions in life, and even small ones. You know, my husband and I, we we have made big decisions in our lives through the years, including moving to different countries. Okay, and some, we, sometimes we had opportunities that looked really good, very enticing indeed. We could be living in a different continent right now. But you know, we've made the point in our lives that we would never make a major decision in life without consulting the Holy Spirit. And when I look back and I can see how the Holy Spirit guided us in all things. It's so important. Now, but I must say this. It may happen, it has happened to me, that sometimes we make mistakes. We do not discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, so we do make wrong decisions. We, we go on a detour, and uh, hey, it happens. But when that happens, and you know that you've missed it, don't get discouraged. You know, acknowledge that mistake. Acknowledge that you've taken the wrong You've taken the wrong turn and ask God to help you get back on track. And he will. He will. So don't be discouraged. And also there are those who depend too much on the opinion on other, of other people. And this is very important. You know, um, it's important to, to listen to people whom you trust. Of course, and the opinion is valuable when you need to make a big decision. I mean, the pastors and leaders in this church, you know that everyone is ready to give godly counsel to anyone who needs it. But, you know, that cannot replace the Holy Spirit in your life. It just cannot replace it. You need to discern the Holy Spirit for yourself. Also, do not over-spiritualize everything. Okay? Not everything needs to be spiritual. I'll give you an example. I remember a lady from our church when we were pastoring in Johannesburg, and um, at 6.30 in the morning, on the Monday morning, Monday especially, it's not that good to call at 6.30 in the morning, and the phone rings. And my husband goes and picks up the phone, like, who in the world is calling us at 6.30 in the morning? And this lovely lady in our church, dear sister, she seemed to be so stressed. And that time, we didn't have mobile phones, so it was the landline. And that's why it rang in the morning, and we picked it up. Uh, And so she seemed to be very stressed. And, and I could hear because she was listening, uh, speaking so loud. And, and, and she was saying, Pastor, I have a big problem because I need your help. I'm finishing this dress for my daughter, and I cannot decide between red and blue buttons. <laughs> now, my husband, being very gracious, as he always is, it's a quality that he has that I think I have missed. Uh (laughs) And he was very gracious about this, sister, and I'm in my my bed and I'm thinking, Oh, woman, just use your brain. (laughs) Why do you have a brain? (laughs) Just as well, I was not the one picking up the phone. (laughs) Ah, what a blessing. (sighs) So don't over-spiritualize everything, please. You know, I had a very good friend that would only wear what God told her to wear. And I was like, okay, never mind. Do you have a brain? Yes, you have a brain. So I'm sure you can choose some clothes to wear. As long as you leave the house dressed in a decent manner, I'm sure God is okay. Okay, don't, don't spend an hour praying for what are you going to wear. Oh my goodness. It's all right to have fun, isn't it? Now there's another one, a favorite of mine. Now, I've always been interested in, in this subject of being led by the Holy Spirit because a couple of days after I was saved, I gave my life to Jesus, there was a young lady that was trying to help me. She was a few years older than me, and she was married. And so she told me, do you, do you want to know how I found my husband? I said, okay. I mean, I was young. I was not thinking about of any husband, but okay, yeah, just let me know. What what did you do? And and she said, You know what? I said, Okay, I'm going to open my Bible at random. Okay? And whatever name I see there, when he comes along, that's my husband. I was a new believer, but I thought to myself, What what if the guy is named Richard? You will not find his name on the Bible. And so she did, she did marry John. <laughs> yes, wow, how deep. And I, I, I was a new believer. So I said, and, and, and how are you doing? Are you happy? And she said, I think I made the wrong decision. <laughs> so I've been learning a lot in the past 30 years. Taking note of all the things that I'm I'm not supposed to do, and this is one of them. Don't do it, please, don't do it. All the singles out there, there are better ways, and the Holy Spirit will show you for sure. And so how can I be led by the Holy Spirit throughout my life? Let me give you some very practical advice. After doing the basics which is something that people want to skip on, not doing the basics, but after doing the basics, which is praying and reading the Bible every day. Oh, are you sure? Yes, yes. (laughs) After doing the basics, reading and praying the Bible every day, you need to do the following. You need to wait on God. Wait on God. Wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Wait. Who has time to wait? I don't have time to wait. I hardly have time to sleep, never mind to wait, Pastor alexander you don't know what my life looks like. It's much easier to just do a quick Google search on any matter that I need. It's much quicker and I'll be fine. Tell the person next to you, Google is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Please tell them. They don't know. They don't know. You need to warn people. Google is not the Holy Spirit. Wow! That is amazing. I didn't know that. And the Holy Spirit doesn't work with Google either. Okay? So remember that. Okay. So do you realize, oh, no, wait, wait. So when we don't take time to wait on God. You know what happens? We start making wrong decisions and we start running around like headless chickens. That's what it looks like. Now, I had a traumatic experience with chickens. (laughs) Pastor Alexander, that's so random. Yes, I did have a traumatic experience uh, with a headless chicken. Do you want to know? Of course you want to know. And pray for me, because I still think about it. That's how bad it is. So when I was about eight or nine years of age, um, I always went to uh, my grandma's place in the beautiful Algarve in the south of Portugal to spend my holidays at her place. And so I was about seven or eight, I think. And so one day, my lovely grandmother decided To show me how does a chicken end up in our dinner plate? (laughs) That was the day. And so she had a front yard and she had chickens. I've always seen the chickens, but I didn't think about that. How did they end up in my plate? And so she grabbed the chicken and she all the vegans out there just (laughs) shut your ears. Yeah, just. Yeah, otherwise you'll be very stressed. So she cut the chicken's head. Guess what happened? Right there, I was already horrified. Okay. But then the chicken started running. Now, that was like a horror movie. You know, they can still run. And so my grandmother was saying, Alexandra, just get it. I was screaming and running and crying because it's just a few, uh, one minute, not even like that. So, pray for me. I can still see the chicken. It's been a long time. Oh well. So, you don't want to go around like headless chickens. Remember the picture. You don't want to do that. And so, do you realize that we have a great advantage in comparison with King Solomon? Because the, the Spirit of God would come upon him, give him wisdom. He lived in a different covenant. But we live in a new covenant. The Holy Spirit just doesn't come just upon us. He's inside of us. So, he can lead us. Hallelujah. Oh, that's so special. So special. And so we need to go back to these valuable principles. It's like a lost art. People no longer do this, but this is special. You need to wait. You need to wait on God. Let me show you with a few Bible verses the importance of waiting on God. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Psalm 33.20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 62.5, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Psalm 37.7, rest in the Lord and Wait patiently for him. Isaiah 64:4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the, by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you. Now listen to this. Who acts, who, want, who wants God to act on your behalf? I want. Who acts for the one who waits for him. So you can go in the right direction, make the right decisions, make good choices. Micah 7:7. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. You need to wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't move until you feel that peace in your heart. Hallelujah. And that leads me to my point number three. So, how do I do that? How do I wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit? Learn to discern the still small voice in your heart. This is so important. It's so special. It's not an audible voice, it's not neon lights on the wall, it's that inner small voice that guides you always in line with the Word of God. Okay? Always in line with the Word of God. You know, it's not like a, a man that we knew that was praying with some people that what, um, God would show him what, who was his new wife to be because he was convinced that he had married the wrong person. So he was praying to God For a new wife. Now, do you know that's contrary to the word? Not quite sure? It is contrary to the word, okay? So, the Holy Spirit will always guide you in line with the word of God. Nothing weird, nothing outside what the word of God says. And so, let me give you very quickly a couple of examples. Are you still awake? Yes. Very good. In 1 Kings 19, to 13, we have a very unusual passage. I, I love this passage. Elijah was going through some problems, and God wanted to show him something. And look at what happened to Elijah. Then he said, God said, "'Go out and stand on a mountain before the Lord. "'And behold, the Lord passed by, "'and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains "'and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. "'But the Lord was not in the wind.'" After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. I loved it. In Acts 10:19, 19, when Peter had that vision and he was thinking about the vision that God had given him, the Spirit said to him, it was quiet, meditating on it, thinking about it. Behold, three men are seeking you, which is something so specific. And the Holy Spirit can be very specific if you wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. And this is not just for special people. God wants to lead me and you. Hallelujah. Romans 8:14. 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of of God, hallelujah, being led by the Holy Spirit also not only impacts your life, but can impact the lives of others. If you have small children, children living in your home, you know what? Pray for them. Because God will show you when something is not right. I remember praying many times for our children, and suddenly the Holy Spirit would reveal something, like something is troubling them, something is not right. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can pray for them, then you can address an issue. Very, very important. And I remember a lady, I think my husband has shared this testimony before, or or even myself. I had a new neighbor. uh, When we were living in New Zealand, she had moved in. And uh, one day I was coming back from shopping. I had my son with me. He was quite tired. I wanted to put him to rest. But the Holy Spirit was so specific. I got out of the car, and the Holy Spirit said, knock on her door. That is something that I don't do. But okay, the Holy Spirit said was clear. I knocked on her door. The woman opened the door. She invited me in. And I, I, I told her about Jesus. And when I looked, all the idols around, it was a, a whole living room filled with idols i just said to her god loves you and all these idols will not help you only jesus can help you and i said goodbye went home continue with my normal life a few days later she came and she told me you know what the day the moment you knocked at my door i was going to commit suicide how powerful is that and she was pregnant which is something that I didn't know. How good is God? The devil wanted to take her out. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit, wow, the Holy Spirit is magnificent. Wow, such a great helper. And you know what? can also be a matter, being led by the Holy Spirit can also be a matter of life or death. Did you know that? I'm sure you've had experiences like that. I remember one time when we were pastoring in Johannesburg, and we were going uh, looking for a drive-through banking. They have the drive-through banking, and we were going in to get some cash out. It was at night, and my husband said, because it was the Holy Spirit speaking to him, my husband said, we are not going here now. Let's turn around. Let's go somewhere else, and then we left just a few meters before. He made a U-turn, left, and while we went up the road. When we were right at the top, we looked down, and there were three men with uh, guns waiting for the next customer. A matter of life and death. You want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? God is so good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you like these stories? It's so encouraging. I I love to, even sometimes I'm just at home and I'm thinking of all the good things God has done in our lives. He's so good. So good. Hallelujah. Do you want to hear one more? One more story. Because this this matter of being led by the Holy Spirit is so important. You need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and make a point of doing that. I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. One more story. On a Monday morning, uh, Louis and I, we, we decided, oh, we had a big week and the meetings were wonderful and so this was in another country and we decided to go to the movies. Let's watch a movie. I think it was the launch of Toy Story. That was like 25 years ago. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, like 10 minutes into the movie, I said to my husband, we need to go home now. And we just wanted to relax. I don't know, it was so strong in my spirit, we need to go home now. And so we got out from the movie, we went home, and we opened the door, Yeah, okay, we got in, And uh, my husband, I think he was not very happy with me because he was like, listen, we wasted the money for the ticket, we didn't watch the movie, and everything is fine. You see, everything is fine. And I, I said, yeah, you're right, everything is fine. Okay, it's true, everything is fine. At the end of the day, the neighbor comes and knocks on our door. What happened to your home? Did something happen to your home? And we said, no, everything is fine, everything is fine. What happened? Well, a, a group of thieves came by and they've cleaned, literally cleaned, all the houses around your house. They got in, they took everything out. Pictures, furniture, everything. They were robbed. Everything was gone. But we were inside the house. We didn't even know that that happened. So the Holy Spirit was right. You need to go home now. We were at home. Our car was outside. And so our house would probably be the next one. Simple matter. Listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship team, come up. And you know, the Holy Spirit also can lead you to bless someone. Do you know that? You can bless someone. The Holy Spirit can say something. You bless someone. Bless a family. If there's an urgent decision that you need to make and you cannot wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit, well, pray and trust that God will lead you in that precise moment. So let me conclude with this before we worship the Lord. Life can be a monotonous rut, a dissatisfying, unfulfilled existence in spite of all of our possessions and achievements. Or life can be purposeful And full of meaning. The Holy Spirit is the one who when we acknowledge Him and rely upon Him can lead us to that. There are many life coaches and life experts like we saw out there. But in reality, the Holy Spirit is the true expert in life. The true expert in life. Hallelujah, please stand with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are amazing. You are amazing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.